All right. So my guest today was uh, Eric Twiggs. And Eric's the founder, um, founding partner and president of the What Now movement, uh, which has a mission to build high-performing entrepreneurs, authors, and, and career professionals to kind of prepare them for the unexpected curveballs in life. He's also written a book um, on procrastination, the discipline of now, it's called. Um, he's a podcast host. He, he, he's a business coach uh, and a life coach. And he spends a lot of time through these coaching sessions and, and his book and all the work that he does really trying to understand people and what stops them from kind of achieving their potential what stops them from kind of handling the adversity in life and still being able to thrive so that's obviously somebody i'm super interested to talk to um and what made this conversation fun and interesting about eric is obviously we talked about the lessons he's learned from you know i think over twenty-eight thousand coaching sessions he's done right so there's a lot of data there there's a lot of themes to be pulled out and to learn from but but also he spoke about his own personal experience and how he's kind of worked through this and, and the journey he's been on through all of it um, and we hit a lot of interesting topics. You know, we talked about procrastination, obviously, as that's a big focus for him. We talked about um, trying to get clarity on your vision and, and building confidence. We talked about fear. Um, we talked about purpose and the gifts we have in life, kind of a, a wide range of topics. And what was interesting as well was Eric actually started the conversation with family as the value that's most important to him, which obviously is, is a great value to have. Um, but right off the bat, we kind of pressure tested that a little bit to say, hey, given all the work you're doing and all the stuff you're doing, and, and he even acknowledges himself, um, you know, as he put it, there was a time earlier in his life where family wasn't the most important value. It was about working. It was about building the business. It was about trying to achieve things. Um, and it's kind of shifted as, as he's gained more clarity on his vision in life. But we use that to really press it and say like, hey, is that is that real? Is it really shifted? Like, has your value really changed or is it more aspirational? Is it that you wish your family was was the most important value? And we kind of got into the nitty gritty of that and how he thinks about it and how he does actually try and carve out time for his family and, and but still balance that with his ambitions in life. Um, so, so really good kind of practical thoughts on how to approach um, finding what your meaning is in life how to get confidence that you found the right thing, how to handle it when you do have self-doubt, kind of all those types of topics, um, but in a very personal way coming from Eric. So found it super interesting, um, appreciated him kind of kicking around some of these really big complex questions that we're all struggling with, right? And, and at a very high level, we all kind of have a sense of the answers, right? Yeah, you need to figure out your vision, you need to get more clarity, you need to be confident, you need to overcome fear. We all hear those words, we know them. We know that's what we need to do, but how? How do we actually do it? How do you make it real for you when it feels impossible? And getting to hear Eric's thoughts, insights, and his personal journey, I think was super helpful for that. So big thanks to him for being on. Um, and with that, let's get to the episode. Cool. Eric, thank you so much for being on. Really excited to talk to you today. I will get right to the question of what's the value that's most important to you in your life? I would say family. Mm. Okay. Right now, family is critically important. I have to confess that I haven't always been good at making the time that I should make for family, right? My natural instinct is just to keep working. Saturday, Sunday, holidays, but... I'm learning to get better mm. at prioritizing that time. So mm. I would say family is is just critical. That's really interesting because I, I, part of the reason I do this show is I think what we value and how we kind of let that guide our lives is super interesting. So I'm curious for you, given that answer, like, how do you, how do you think through that? How do you think through, because I struggle with this too sometimes, 
sometimes kind of what I aspire to value and what I want to value, but then where I actually get pulled and where I actually spend my time and what it seems like, well, if I'm being honest, maybe I actually do value that more. How have you kind of grappled with that? How have you tried to, to recalibrate that, I guess? So for me, my business pursuits, at the end of the day, I, I want to put my family in a better position. Mm. That's, I, I want to, I want to be the person on the family tree that changes everything. Mm. That's, I want, I want one day somebody to be at a family reunion and they look at me and say, that's the guy that changed everything. That's why we are in this position mm. that we're in now. So I'm doing it for them. Uh, but I have to understand that they may, I have to keep the line of the communication. I can't just lock myself in the office and just continue to do podcasts without, (laughs) (laughs) without everybody kind of being on board as far as what, what the mission is. Um, And I just think anytime something is a priority, you put it on your calendar. Mm. Right. And Mm. so I've just, I've made a point really starting this year. I've made a point to set aside specific time for the family, Mm. specific events, daddy, daughter day. There's time with my son. There's time with my wife. I'm just really trying to be intentional with that. I'm going to ask you what probably sounds like a weird question, but it's a question I ask myself too. Why, why do you do that? Like, is it, is it because you think you have to? Is it because you really, really want to, but you just know like, hey, I got other ambitions and stuff. So it's just strategic. It's just, I'm trying to be thoughtful and planning this out. Like, what is the reason why you've said, I, I need to make sure I'm at these events? Like, maybe it's a bit of a philosophical question, but like, what, why is that so important to you? Because it's, it's time that you really don't get back, right? Mm. You, you have a small window. Mm. And like, like there's a song, uh, I think it's Harry, Harry Shapin. It's mm. called The Cats in the Cradle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think about that all the time, right? You know, if you're familiar with the song, yep. there's a point in time where the son is trying to connect with the dad. Yeah. And the dad is, is with, he's on travel, he's busy, he's doing all these things. And then the dad gets older and retires. And mm. now he's trying to connect with the son. And the son is like, I'd love to, dad, but I'm busy. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then he has this realization that, wow, my son is just like me. Yeah. And I, I think I don't want to have that cats in the cradle moment. I want to hang around my kids while they still want to hang around me. Yeah. And because you don't, that's this time you never get back. Mm. You have mm. to always keep perspective of why you're doing what you do. Mm. How do you think of it, though? Like, because somebody could say, and again, I grapple with this, too, like, Get a, get a simple job where you can spend all your time with your kids or, or maximize time with the kids, right? And I know there's there's obvious reasons why that's good, bad, or different. But like, how do you draw the line? How do you figure out what is the right balance, right? Because both are important. So how do you think, like, how do you know at the end of a given week, like, yeah, that was enough time versus another week, like, shoot, I'm not getting this right. I need to recalibrate. So for me, it's not about even balance. I, I think the word balance is misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think balance means that you're supposed to spend an equal amount of time. Mm. most of the time I'm spending more time working. I think the key is to not neglect the things you value, right? I, I even see it like with health, like a lot of people neglect their health in pursuit of the, the financial dream. And then when they get to the financial point, they spend a lot of that money trying to restore their health. Mm-hmm. So I think the key is when you're at a point where you're not neglecting those things that you value, that that's really what it's all about. Now mm-hmm. you here, the key too is I think you have, it helps to have understanding people in your life. Yeah. Right. I mean, my wife, we just celebrated our 15th anniversary. Congratulations. She is really patient. And that, and that's just, 
Like I could be doing this with the wrong person and it would be a bad thing. Yeah. But I, I just, I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to have someone who's understanding and supportive that I can sit in now again. If I don't communicate, she's like, right. okay, Eric, you've been in that office a long time. What's <laughs> up? You know? Was that deliberate on your part to the extent you're comfortable talking about? Like, was that thoughtful when you and your wife got together? You guys had a conversation and it was like, hey, listen, there's some ambitions I have, some things I'm looking to do, and you guys lined that up? Or was it truly just fortunate? Like, it just worked out. It's just a blessing. I, yeah. I can't, I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to say, yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't playing chess or anything like that. It was just, no, I, I just felt a strong connection. And it just turns out that she's very supportive of my efforts because if, yeah. if not that would make things extremely difficult yeah yeah um, so I, I think that one of the lessons too is anybody that's successful there's that person is like the tip of the iceberg right mm -hmm. they usually have a team behind the scenes and i think even that's even on the domestic front you know, that high level people, a lot of times they have the people behind them that are supporting them and encouraging them, encouraging them and keeping things stable uh, on the home front. So yeah. I, I think that's just important. That's interesting because I that resonates with me. I think there's a lot of people, myself included in that, that sometimes think you got to do it all yourself. Like if you're going to do it right, that's you. You got to figure out. You got to make it all work. And that's probably ego, right? There's probably a lot of different reasons why people think that way. But it's so counter it's count like it's so counterproductive because you're not going to get as much done. You're not going to be as happy. People around you aren't going to be as happy. So it's like, what, what game are you winning by trying to do it all yourself? I don't know. I guess it's just the ego game, right? It's gotta be, that's the only one it could be. Yeah. I mean, I, I think sometimes your greatest strength is your greatest weakness, right? Because you, you became an entrepreneur or business person because you can get things done. You can make mm -hmm. it happen. Mm -hmm. You don't have to check with anybody, but you have to be careful. So, you know, it's interesting. You look at, the downfall of some of these great athletes yeah, that once they were here and then was they just like, like Mike Tyson, your Tiger Woods. Mm -hmm. And what people miss is that in those instances, a lot of times there's a change with their main coach mm -hmm. and they were just never the same. That's true. You, you thought it was Tiger Woods, but Tiger Woods had one of the greatest golf coaches as well. And once that separation happened, though, the same thing with Mike Tyson, once yeah. his main trainer died, it was never the same. And I, I think that just, you really have to have the right people in your corner behind the scenes to, to get where you want to go. See, even as you say that, I could I could empathize, whatever the right word is, with, with Mike Tyson or, or or Tiger Woods, where like that ego does come into play, though, because not to speak for Mike Tyson, but you can imagine a feeling of like, no, 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 that's me. I, I was out there winning those fights. Like, yeah, my trainer helped, but I could I did this. But that's a tough thing to accept. Like, yeah, you, you could be the most talented person in the world, but you still need that team. You still need that person to help keep you for all the reasons we said. And I could, I could feel that though. I could feel the, the resistance to that, to want to say like, no, I'm special. I'm the one that did it. That's a hard thing to get over. It's a hard thing to get over. Well, and, and of course it's, you know, then you're getting press. Everybody's yeah. telling you how great you yeah. are all the time. Yeah. And you don't have people in your life that are just being upfront. And, and a lot of times with those great coaches, they were the one person that was just telling them the truth. Mm. Like you got to get it together. That mm. was a terrible problem. You don't, you, you lose that when you, you've got a bunch of yes people in your life and then you got a million followers, you got this, you got that, yeah. you start to think it's you and you lose perspective on that. Yeah, yeah, super interesting. Let me go back for a sec because you said something before, which I think, again, in the spirit of this show, a little bit philosophical, you mentioned before that you wanted to be the one to kind of change the trajectory somewhat of your family, to change that. 
And on so many levels, I think I, other people listening, hear that and get that. Talk to me a little bit about that, though. What, what's the what's the drive behind that? Is it just the obvious of like, hey, I love my family. I want to do right by them. Like what's because somebody might say I'm not saying this is the case, but somebody might say there's ego in that of that sense of like, I want to be the guy that did that. Um, how, how do you think about that? Well, I just think I see it as an opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I look at, let's say, my, my father, who is brilliant and. But during the time he came up, there, there was you didn't have podcasts, social media, email, mm. audio books, self-publishing options. I just I just feel like I'm in a moment where there's just so much, even virtual meetings. Sure. There, there's so many resources at my disposal. And I just have this opportunity to take things to another level that my father, my grandfather just didn't have because mm. at their disposal. That, their options were limited. You you worked for a company for 40 years. That was the what you did. You you got the gold watch and you yeah. retired. Yeah. Where I just feel like I just I just have this opportunity. And and I just really feel this this burn to just my kids for them to mm. be able to do what they want to do and not what they have to do. Mm. That, that's, so- that, that's really kind of what drives me so it's more of a it's more of a responsibility than it is like a, um like an achievement it's 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 not it's not ego in the sense of like i want to be the guy i want to be recognized as the one that did it it's more like hey there's an opportunity to do this how yes. could i not this is my responsibility to step up because i've been given this opportunity to do it mm. right mm. right now mm. you, you hit the nail on the head and i just mm. you it's about seizing the moment and that's mm. that's what drives me what's what's so so some people look at life um i admire these people sometimes that's just not me the way i'm wired maybe maybe but and they say it's 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 about just being in the moment just being enjoying life for what it is don't strive for things you know that causes suffering just enjoy conversely kind of as i think i see it and it sounds like you do there's this sentiment of like no, no no we're on this earth there's a responsibility to deliver do right by our family succeed all those things have you thought about that other lifestyle like has that ever been one that you considered or for you it's just always been go go get it yeah, I think you have to go get it. And, and, it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be money, right? Mm. Your thing, I think it's all about purpose and fulfillment and that whatever it is that you felt led to do, I think you just you just have a short window for when you can do it. Mm. And, and to me, it's not just about, okay, you're going to die one day, but you get to the point where your skill set, your skills expire at some point, right? Mm. You, you're not going to be able to do what you do the way you do it all the time. I think you have to seize the opportunity. Now, I do think, I think two things can exist at the same time. I do think there are times where you do need to stop and reflect and be grateful for what you have and appreciate it. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to you have to seize that opportunity that's in front of you. If you if you zoom all the way out, right? Mm-hmm. Like big, big picture, meaning a life question, maybe. Like what's what's at the root of that for you? Is there a belief in like I ask this question often, like, is it rooted in faith? Is there a belief of like, you were literally put on this earth for a purpose and we need to live up to that purpose. Is it more intrinsic for you where it's just, this is what I value. This is what means something to me. And I want to go get it. Like, what is it that makes you think, yeah, I'm comfortable when I'm hopefully many, many years from now laying on my deathbed, I I did it right. I lived my life the way I was supposed to live it. Well, yeah, I think it's a faith piece too. I mean, I do think I believe in divine purpose Mm. that everybody had there's no coincidence that anybody is on it. Everybody was here to accomplish a purpose. And I do think you have to move towards that purpose. It's almost like you've been given the baton 
mm. and you have to run your specific leg of the race as fast as you possibly can. Mm. And, and and I want to, and honestly, you know, I say I want to flip the family tree, but I do want to know, I want to be able to look back when I'm like 95 without any regrets. I can say, you know what? Win, lose, draw. I know for a fact that I did everything that was in front of me. I, I took advantage of the opportunity that was in front of me. I gave it, I was all in and I, I can live with the outcome. But I just think you have to be driven towards that that ultimate purpose. Mm. Is it? Do you enjoy it? Like is it, that that burden, that responsibility to it? How much? Because I get it, right? That can be stressful at times. That drive. It, it, it's nice and easy to sit on the couch and watch Netflix and just relax, sure. right? Especially if you got a good family, all that stuff. Um, is there ever moments where you question it and you think like, this is this is a lot. This feels like a lot of pressure for me to be constantly striving for it." So here's something I was talking to a friend of mine, right? This was not too long ago. And he's been, he had this long career in the government and he's got nice cars. He's got a nice family. He's got a really nice house. Money's not an issue. Mm. And he looked me in the eye. It just totally took me off guard. He looked me in the eye. Look, he's about to cry. And he says, you know, cause we were talking about my book and some other things. And he says, you know, Eric, I could have done more. Mm. I really could have, if I, if I would have put myself out there when I was younger, I, I think I could have done, I think I settled in a lot of ways. Mm. It's like, he was literally on a verge and just came mm. out of left field. Cause it's not like I was probing him. We were just yeah. talking about things I was doing and this and that. And that's what he said to me. I totally shocked. If you saw him, you would think, man, this guy is doing very well. But I, I never, and I left that conversation. Like, I don't ever want to look back with that. Yeah. That regret that, you know, man, I, I could have, what, what would have happened if I really put myself out there? So I, I want to answer that question. How do you, yeah. how do you gauge it though? How do you know? Like, cause that's a good example with him, right? Is, I guess it's individual for everybody, but how do you ever know when you've, when you've done enough? Like, how do you know that even with everything you're doing, you won't be in that same position at some point being like, you know what? I should have done whatever it is. Right. I should have done a talk show. I should have whatever. Right. Like, how do you get a sense of like, I'm on the right path. I'm actually living my purpose. I'm, I'm doing enough and I won't have that regret. Well, I, I think it starts with, with, with your vision. And then it starts, we have to really break it down. Okay, what do I need to do? And what are my 12-week goals based mm. off of the vision? What do I want to accomplish there? And then you have to break it down every day, mm. right? I, I have something I call a Twig's top five. When I'm writing down the five critical things I need to do every day that are going to lead me in the direction of the vision. So if I know within myself every day, I'm doing things to move me in that vision, uh, and I'm also course correcting and I mean, I can be at peace to know that, Hey, I'm, I'm executing uh, on the plan. On the plan. So, so that, that's kind of when I think when I'm working with people, that's what we work on that, that every day that you're, you're taking actions that are moved, that are in alignment with the vision that you have. Mm. So that puts a lot of emphasis on the vision, obviously. How do you have comp, like where, where, how do you know that the vision is right? What, what tells you that? Is that just, again, is that inherent? Like you feel it or how did you, how did you come to the confidence to say, yep, that's the vision. So I know now I'll put this infrastructure in place to get to it. It's just kind of an inner feeling for me. Yeah. Um, when I just, I'll, I, I fast forward to the future. Right. So I say, okay, it's 20 years, 10 years, whatever the number. And I'll say, I'm saying to myself, wow. I did it. This is, mm. this is it. You know, what did I do? Mm. You know, what, what, what would make me feel like I'd arrived? And I, so I start from there. I, I, and I think that helps if you can kind of put yourself in that future place. Yeah. 
and see how it feels almost. You almost test it out in your mind of like, would that feel good? Would this feel, would this make me feel fulfilled? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you ever worry about like, um, because obviously we're all, our minds, we, we all have biases. We all have ego. We all have things like we're all being influenced in different ways by society. Do you ever question that at all to say, like, when you think about that vision, how do you know it's actually your true vision versus a vision that, and it could be different for different people. The one their parents gave to them, the one society told them they should go after, right? Getting to find that place where, yeah, yeah, for me, I know this is truly it. Well, I think you just have to ask yourself why. Right. And I think if you, you you just keep asking, you get down to the core of why you want something. You try that, right? Like if you say, okay, well, yeah, I want to make a lot of money. Well, why do you want to make a lot of money? Because, you know, I want to be able to support the family. Well, why do you want to be able to support the family? Because, you know what, when I was growing up, you know, we, I didn't have the support. I don't, I don't ever want anybody. As you, you start to really get down to the emotion. So I think you have to keep asking yourself why till you get to the point where it strikes a nerve. That's and super so, interesting. Because, so, yeah, keep going, keep going. I was going to say, no, I'll give you an example, right? Um, it, was, it was a lady I coached. This was years ago. And same, I, same exercise. She, her homework assignment was to tell me what, what is it that she wants to accomplish, what's her vision. And she told me, oh, I want to have this $800,000 operation. And I just kept asking her why. Mm. I kept, I just said, well, why do you want that? And at first she was getting irritated with me. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> and then finally, like she was almost about to cry. She said, I want to have kids one day. Mm. So the whole thing was she wanted to have this operation. She wanted to have some, be in a financial space where then ultimately it ran itself. So she could be free and available. And really what she wanted was, so I think once you get down to the emotional core, that's, that's how you can know that your alignment is right. And that's got to be particularly with the work you do, your book and everything around procrastination. I would imagine in some ways that's that's the key, right? Like if you don't know why you're doing the thing and what's actually that's that's probably at least I would imagine you'll tell me like a reason procrastination exists because you don't know actually why you want to do it. If you actually even want to do it, right? You told yourself, yeah, yeah, I want to start a business. But to what we were saying before, do you really want to start a business? Or did you just think that because your dad started a business and you feel like you have to? And until you get to that emotional core, as you called it, you don't actually know if you're being honest with yourself or not. So therefore, it's very easy to procrastinate, I would imagine, in those cases, right? When you don't have that true motivation. Yeah, and I always say clarity is the starting point of success. A lot of times you're not clear on where you want to go. So you're just, you're, you're going through the motions. And then what happens is when, when you're not clear, everything sounds like a good idea, right? When people say, hey, you, you should be the president of the PTA. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Oh, hey, you should be the vice president. Of it. Before you know it, you're running all these meetings. <laughs> but when, when you're clear that this is where I'm trying to go, now you've got something to filter, use mm-hmm. a filter and say, okay, I want to. I want to be a seven-figure CEO. Does chairing this committee, is that in line with me being a, not that there's anything wrong with that, but (laughs) so so it helps you to say no. So a lot of people that lack clarity say yes to things that they really shouldn't. And that just keep, that just keeps you off track. So yes, I I do think that that's a big reason people procrastinate because they're not really clear on where they're trying to go. Yeah, it's interesting as you say that there's almost two side, two bad sides to that one you hit on exactly which is you you don't know what you want so you're saying yes to everything because you're searching you're trying to find something but you don't even know what you're trying to find so you're just grabbing everything 
The other side, which is probably more relatable for me is um, I, I always say like, I'm a people pleaser to an extent. And I feel bad saying no to people. When you've done that work and you figured out what your vision is, it's a lot easier to have that confidence to be like, no, I'm not being an asshole. Like I'm not being mean to, I just, I know what my, I know where I'm at. I know what I'm going. And it's that much easier to say confidently, nope, that's not for me. I can't do that now. Whereas if you don't have that vision, somebody like me, it's so easy to just get pulled into people pleasing and saying yes to everything, you know? I'm telling you, it's a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. Like I wrote a book in chapter six of the book. I talk about saying no. And I I find myself going back to that and referring <laughs> and reading what I wrote <laughs> because every night somebody will, they, you know, some people, they're, they're good at flattering you, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, you are great at this. Have you, <laughs> can you help? And before you know it, you're going down a road you really shouldn't be. Uh, and it it's a challenge. You really have to be intentional. And I do think that when you're saying no, you are saying no to the request and not the individual. Right. It's not like right. a personal attack. Uh, and I do I, just over time, I think people respect you more when they understand you have boundaries too. So. That's what I found. I, I, so I've only recently started to put more boundaries in place, be more confident, have more, be more deliberate in my actions. And that fear that I always had of like, if I do that, nobody's going to like me or people, it's the opposite. It really is. I mean, assuming you're not a jerk, right? Assuming you're doing it the right way. I, I totally agree. I found that. Um, let me ask you, because I'm, I'm curious. So you've, I know you've coached, I listened to you on another podcast. I know you've coached you know, you've done thousands, literally tens of thousands of, of coaching sessions, interviews, that clarity point you speak of, what, what have you found, you know, across like the themes, the trends of why people struggle to get that clarity? Why does, because that seems to be one of the hardest parts is to get to the clarity. Why do you think people struggle with that so much? I think some people struggle to see the forest from the trees. Mm. And so you, you get into this thing where you just can't put your head down and you go and you're going at it. Right, you're, you're more focused on the tactic. And a lot of people are just trying to—they're just trying to get through the day mm. <laughs> without something really bad happening. So it's you, you. Then what happens is you get on a hamster wheel. It's like mm. you're just doing a lot of things. You're moving. You're taking actions. And the other thing too is that we're oversold on this idea of grinding. Mm. Oh, you got to grind. You got to. If you don't get up at two in the morning and work out, and you're a loser. Mm. <laughs> where I think you need to really look at being effective and being intentional. So a lot of people, it's just like, it's a lack of awareness that, you know, you really need to be intentional and strategic and have a vision and focus. So, yeah, but that I, the majority of people struggle with that. I'm curious. And you made me think of it. I'll throw this statement out there and tell me if you agree or disagree. Do you think at the root of that, in a weird way is laziness. And here's what I mean by that. Like that whole idea of embracing that culture of grinding, it seems counterintuitive, right? Because if you believe I got to grind, that would seem like you're not lazy, you're working. But I say laziness because it removes that need to have to do the internal work to figure out all those why questions you asked. Why does this matter to me? What's my actual vision? If you're just grinding, it's just activity. It's just movement. You never actually have to do that work. So maybe it's not laziness. Maybe it's fear. I don't know. But it would almost seem like that's the cover up for something else in a weird way, procrastinating. Grinding is like a weird form of procrastination of actually getting to your vision. What do you think about that? I, I think fear a lot of times is a big issue, mm. right? Mm. So they're, they're afraid. A lot of times there's a fear of success. Mm. A, lot, a lot of people I work with, you know, okay, what am I going to measure up to the new standard? You know, if I, if I do, if I really get what I say I want, am I going to be up to it? Am I going, you know, the whole imposter syndrome thing, mm. am I going to get there and are people going to find out that I really don't know what I'm talking about, or I'm not as good as they think. 
So sometimes that then there's that fear of criticism, which is big. It's like, okay, if I get up on this big platform now, you know, they're going to be saying bad things about me and saying I'm not good and going into my business. And so, so there's a, there, there's a lot of that as well. I think the key is really being able to unpack what that is. And that's why it helps to have a coach mm. um, to, to be able to point things. I've had coaching sessions where people are putting things off, you know, so several weeks in a row, oh, I haven't gotten around to that yet. No, I haven't. No, I, I podcast and I haven't gotten around to it yet. I've been doing research and I'm like, oh, stop. Hold on. Mm. Right. Huh. Mm. What are you afraid of? They get quiet for a while. I'm afraid that, that, that that's really, that's the issue. Mm. It wasn't that they were too busy. It was deep down. They were afraid of something. Mm. Fear, fear is a big, big driver of procrastination. Yeah. Fear fascinates me too, because sometimes it's functional, right? Sometimes that fear, right? There, there might be somebody who's afraid to take the leap and maybe it's because they haven't done enough work yet. Maybe it's because they haven't built up enough skills yet. Right. Like, so finding that balance between being comfortable with fear and kind of facing it head on and making the leap but also using that fear to figure out like, maybe there's some things I need to work on first. Maybe there's a good reason for this fear, right? Like maybe there's some of that. How do you try and think about balancing that to not let somebody feel like, um, cause you can almost go to a place where it's like, you don't, you don't hold yourself accountable enough. Like, no, no, no. Like I, I know I'm good enough. I shouldn't worry about the fear of critique. Maybe you should, maybe you should be worried about a little critique. Cause maybe you haven't, you haven't earned it yet. Right. Like that's, that's a delicate balance, right? Yeah. I think the fear you, you find out for me, I've tried to focus on preparation, right? Yeah. I find like the, the more you prepare, the less you really have to fear. So I, I try to do everything within my power. If I'm going into an arena or what have you to make sure I'm as prepared as possible. Cause I think the fear comes from that uncertainty yeah. and that whole unknown thing. And you're never gonna have a hundred percent knowledge, right? You, you have to take imperfect action. Uh, and you, you, but the best thing you can do is prepare yourself and you know, that would, you know, as long as you're prepared, you know, it, the result can be the result. And, and the thing is, is you, you have to embrace the identity of someone who's a learner. Mm -hmm. I'm always learning. I'm always learning. Right. So if you, in your mind, you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm always learning on this journey. So if something goes wrong, then it's like, okay, well, what can I learn from this? Mm. It's not going to be, you're not going to be as fearful because you're like, you know what, this is a, this is a learning that? opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, like the, one of my mentors, um, I was with Toastmasters. He, he was in four different uh, Toastmasters club at the club at the same time. And I'm like, that is crazy. Why are you doing, why are you in four different clubs? He, he told me, he said, I want to quadruple my failure rate. Because he said, look, I know if I'm failing a whole lot more, I'm going to be learning a lot more. Mm. And I, I think that's the perspective to help you to overcome fear. Yeah, that's super. It makes me think of the, I don't know if you ever heard that Kobe Bryant quote, but he says something like, um, or said something like, failure, you only fail when you quit, right? As long as you are willing to keep going, then you never actually fail. To your point, you're just learning and you're going. And it's just, it's only when you say, nope, I'm, I'm out, I'm done. Then that's the moment that you fail. So I think there's a lot of truth to that. Let me ask you, Eric, like, going back now in time like how, how'd you get to this point like was this something this this super thoughtful approach to life trying to understand yourself under the vision was that always you like how, where'd that no <laughs> no it, for me it started the whole this whole thing started for me I'm, I'm in college it's my senior year I'm at Hampton University and I'm having this conversation with my good friend his name is Donnell I'll talk about him in the book 
Mickey and I were at the time were a little different. You know, he was all about his purpose and I was all about the party. Huh. And so uh, he and I were having this conversation and uh, he's like, man, you need to get serious, figure out what you want to do with your life. And I'm like, man, loosen that. We have plenty of time for all that. You coming to the frat party with me or not? <laughs> so a few weeks go by, I don't talk to him, but I get a phone call from his mother informing me that he was killed in a car accident. Oh. Changed everything for me. Sent me a serious message that maybe I don't have the time that I think to do the things that I want to do. And that, that was a starting point where I started paying attention mm. to time and, and my your procrastination and being productive and mm. really pursuing what I want. But that mm. was really the, and, and what, what really made it interesting is that this guy, he was a clean, clean living person. I mean, out of all of us, he was the one that didn't drink. Mm. He was the one, like, you know, he was the one that what didn't have a lot of drama. And just suddenly... You know, and they just said, if it could happen to him, if his time is short, what about me? And, and I think about, even to this day, I think about that. And it really just gave me a different level of urgency. When you think back to that, was it, so pre that, that, that event, that moment, did you always have a sense in your head? Like, I want to accomplish stuff. I do have a purpose. I do want to get there, but I have time. I'll get there eventually. Or was it like, I don't, purpose? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of going by. Like, I'm just having a good time going by. I think I wanted to succeed. I mean, I, yeah, I wanted to, I had a vague idea, but I don't think I was really focused and serious. Like, you know what? I have a short window mm. until that happened. Mm. Um, like I like, like knowing what I know now, like I would, I would approach college and studying completely different. Yeah. You know, I would, I would really be a lot more structured and focused, but I was going to, you know, I was, I would party a whole lot less. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I, I think I would still want to have a good time, but you know, it, we, we literally live for the weekend in those days. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I think I, you know, I wanted to win and succeed, but I don't think I was as focused as I could have been. Yeah. It was more maybe back to where you were before. Like there was kind of a, you didn't have clarity. You had a general right. sense of like, yeah, it'd be great to be successful. But to have that actual vision you need to make it through day by day, taking the actions you need to take, that wasn't there. Yeah. yeah. Oof. You think if that had not happened, you think you would have still gotten there? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I, I think, again, going back to the faith and spirit, I, I think I think God would have presented another mm. situation <laughs> to get my attention. Yeah, to get me on there. I think one way or another, I probably would have gotten there. But I just, I know, for, and I, I guess I can't say for sure, but I'm just, I, I think purpose is so important. I, I do think that was something that jarred my, got my attention, but it could have been something else that happened that would have gotten me there too. It finds a way. One way or oh, another, sure. I would have found a oh, way. Oh, sure. Yeah. How do you, I think you mentioned you had kids or at least a kid. How, how do you, how do you, I'm not sure their age, but how do you talk to them about this? How do you try and get them? Because that's a fine line too, right? Of trying to instill some of these things, but just like you, right? Some of it you have to experience. You can't, the words just don't do it justice until you go through it. How do you try and teach some of this stuff to them? I think the biggest thing is I try to be an example. And I just, I think with kids and even with people that if you lead people, I think they, the kids, they're, they're going to do more of what they see than what you say. Hmm. So they're, they're watching me and you know how you know when i'm reading audio books and i'm waking up at a certain time and i'm so i, I first, first and foremost but then the other thing I'm, I'm always trying to just kind of plant seeds like one of the things i do with them is like when we, we get on a car ride everybody has to tell me the things they're grateful for mm, i do that too so, 
So just consistently, you know, making sure they're coming from a positive, because that's a big part of the battle. If you have a positive mindset, it just opens you up to more possibilities. So I'll even ask them, okay, you have, this week you have to tell me things that you're grateful for that don't cost money. Mm. You can't say the house and the car like you do every week. You mm. have to say something that doesn't cost money. So I'm just doing little things like that. Yeah, that positive mindset. I, so I do the same thing, um, a similar thing. And it's funny. Sometimes I wonder like, does he hate this? So I have one son, like, does, is he, is he just like zoning me out? Is he just doing it? But I think I, I see it. I see it. it. It picks up and it makes a difference. Even like, I think it was yesterday morning or the morning before. I don't remember exactly what it was, but exactly to what you're saying. Um, little things just started to like start this cascade effect of negativity, right? Like he slept a little later than he normally would have. So he had to rush a little bit more. And then we didn't have the waffles he wanted in the house. And we started talking about it. And I'm like, and, and the way I thought of it in, in the moment was like, it's almost like a magnet, right? Like, once it starts, now it starts pulling in, your mind starts grabbing every, oh, and three days from now, I have this test I have to do, and this thing's happening, and it's like the ability to turn off that magnet, or at least aim that magnet towards the good stuff to try and get that is, is so important. I think I agree totally. That mindset's so important. Hmm. How, do they, how do they respond to it? Do you find that, like, do you see it? Do you see that they're getting it, you think? I, mean, I think they're starting to get it. I, I think at first, they're just kind of like, oh, here's another corny thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so like, so here's, here's something else we do. Just came about, right? And this is really my wife. <laughs> uh, we, we now have a family motto, right? Mm. And it's, what are the things we say? Go the extra mile. That's that's the family motto. Mm. And like, I didn't even know we had a family. Motto. I'm like, <laughs> how do I not know about this? And, and so, like, whenever so my wife will be driving them to school, she's like, okay, what's the family motto? And they all know, go the extra mile. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, I've got to you know, study for the test. I got to do this. I got to do that, do this, do this, do this. So that, that's something else we're constantly talking to them. And then we add, we'll add other, other little things to the, the, the family motto. That's cool. uh, even something like always wash your hands or, you know, yeah. <laughs> but so, so that's something else just kind of planting little, trying to plant little seeds uh, with them. So one time my kids, they, they said something to be like, you know, daddy, we like driving to school, uh, to school with you in the morning because we can kind of relax. <laughs> Mommy's always asking us about that family motto. <laughs> okay. That's funny. How do you think, I always look for opportunities to empathize and understand, like I'm trying to do it myself. When you were a kid, how do you think you would have responded? Like, would you have gotten it when you were at whatever age your kids are right now? Do you think that would have helped? I think it would have taken a lot of repetition. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, when you're young, you always just think mom, mom and dad are just the corniest right. people. Yeah, uh, they, yeah, yeah. they don't know they're just old and this and that. But I think over time, when you get to be older, that's when you're like, wow, mom and dad made a whole lot of sense. Yeah. As a matter of fact, when I have kids, I'm going to do the same things. Yeah. Well, that's where that plant in the seed analogy is, is really the perfect one. Cause it's not going to, it's not going to blossom right away, but it's going to be sometime 10, 15, 20 years later where that seed will blossom. And it's like, oh, okay. Now I know right. what dad was talking about. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so let me let me press a little bit on the faith point, just because we touched on it a little bit, and I just always think that's curious. Um, when you, when you do think about again zooming way out the, the the universe as a whole, you touched on it a little. Like, do do you think there is a plan? Do you think it is it's deliberate? Like like God literally has set kind of forth this plan, and we're kind of acting it out. How do you think about that in terms of your life and, and how you move around the world? Yeah, I, I just believe that God is very intentional. And that everything has a specific purpose. Um, every, like, like for example, and I don't want to go too deep on this, but like there's there's a story in the scripture. I, I just got this recently, right? Where 
the, the Israelites are escaping Egypt and going to the promised land. Mm. And it's a well-known story that God rained manna from heaven, mm. right? But if you dig deep into that, the manna from heaven was very specific. So it was every day was just enough. It was it was the exact right amount. And it even says that. So like if you if you and I are in the desert and you're not that hungry, so you only take one piece, and I'm starving and I take five pieces, it was the exact amount taking into account how hungry you are or not, or how hungry I am. So no one was lacking. Mm. Mm. Again, that's just that just shows you the detail mm. and, and the purpose. It wasn't just like 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 if I was giving people bread. They'd be like, oh, you know, we're short. I'm still hungry. Eric, what's up? Yeah. Yeah. But but it was the exact amount to satisfy everybody, whether you were fully hungry, whether you, you know, weren't hungry, hungry at all. But but I think that's the intentionality that I see. And so everything has a purpose. And a lot of times we we feel like, you know, you look at somebody, they look at somebody like look at you and say, man, you know, he does these great podcasts and you know, he's a great speaker. I, I don't speak like that. So I don't have a purpose. Mm. But there are things that everybody does. See, what happens, we don't take it. We don't think about our gifts because it comes natural to us. Mm. Right. As far as being able to listen to someone, being able to listen to somebody and they just, they just spill their, they spill their guts whenever they talk to you. Mm. That's a gift mm. for people like something like that. People, people miss out. So they devalue themselves. But I think we have to and, and another thing about God, God, if you look through the scripture, he always uh, refers to people as far as how he sees them and how they're going to be, not how they see themselves. Mm. Like he would tell somebody who doesn't have any kids, you're the father of many nations. What? Mm. I don't have any kids. So I, I think that's that. That's my take on whole purpose and mm. hope I didn't go too deep. No, not at all. I think there's a lot of beauty in that, the way you said it too, because you're right. I mean- that self-confidence to believe in yourself, that's hard. Like we talked about it before, right? It's hard to believe in yourself, to have the confidence, to, to take the chances, to all that. When you feel like there is this, this presence that's with you, God, some people view it as different things, that's fine. But there is this presence that like, that does believe in you, that does say you do have a purpose. There's something in that, even if you don't know what that is yet, just that confidence, you know, it makes you think of it's a stupid analogy, but I, I think of it sometimes like, you know, we used, used to take multiple choice tests in school what I always loved about multiple choice tests is even if I didn't know the answer, I was like, the answer's there. So I have this confidence at least that like, it's there. I, mean, I can maybe figure it right. out somehow. It's not like a where well, you have to fill in the blank where it's like, I, it could be anything. It's almost like that in a weird way where it's like, it's there. I haven't found it yet, but I know it's there and I have a chance to get to it. That's kind of the, the purpose that God I think brings to us to give us that confidence. And there's a beauty in that because there's a lot of darkness in the world and there's a lot of, it's easy for a lot of people to go negative for a lot of good reasons. And that thing is the one thing maybe that pulls us out and pulls us back, right? You have to think about it this way. Okay. So, so you have, you have, you have kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, so I, I think about myself. So if, if I, if I have a purpose for my son, I said, son, I want you to go here and accomplish this. Hmm. I, I'm going to give him what he needs to get there, right? I'm going to give him the equipment. I'm going to give him the resources. I'm going to give him the support to make sure he gets there. I'm not going to just leave him out there on his own to, to figure it out. So I, I think that's, if, if you look at it from that vantage point, you know, if, how would you do your son? Mm. And how would, you know, God, mm. the creator, I think he looks at us the exact same way and at an even more higher, at a higher level. Mm. So without getting too deep, like you said, as we're coming towards the end here, um, 
one, one, like what, what about people? And you might coach some people like this, or maybe you just know some people who are like, not me though, man, not me, Eric. Like I, I don't have what I need, whether it be life circumstance, the family they were born into the situation, right. Horrible things have happened, whatever it is. What, what, what do you think for those people? Is it still that like, or, or even some people that, you know, go, go back that were in the Holocaust that were in all different horrible situations, that's where I think some people struggle with God is they say, but what about them? Like they, they, he didn't, he, she, whoever didn't give them the tools. Does that ever make you question the faith at all or question it? How do you, how do you reconcile that in your mind? No, I mean, I think you have to focus on your purpose. And if you try to go to all, you don't really know the full picture. Mm. You, you don't really know the full story of what they were dealing with or what, uh, what, even what positive things. So you I think rather than do the comparison, I think what I try to do with people that go that negative is really get them in a habit of focusing on the wins mm. and, and focusing on, and I also provide counter examples. Like I'll, I provide people that say, well, you know, my town is different, mm -hmm. you know, oh no, I can't do that because of the limits. I, there's somebody I know that's in that town that's just crushing it. Mm. So if you have a counter example of someone who's in the same difficult situation as you with the same challenges, and they're still able to make it happen, the question is, why not you? Mm. What, you know, what's different? What, why mm. is he able to have the same exact challenge and, and still be able to overcome? Yeah, it makes me think of your analogy a little bit. Like if, if you were sending your son on a mission somewhere, you give him all the tools. It's kind of like, I think in some ways with life, it's like, you don't recognize it. You don't know what that tool does yet. It takes time for you to realize. Like you might have the tools. You might have what you need, but you don't know it yet. You haven't realized it. You haven't, you haven't figured out how all this stuff works and put it together in a way. I think that optimistic, you said it before, that optimistic way of looking at it is, is extreme. That mindset is so powerful because we're going to hit stuff. We're going to hit, we're going to have tough times. We're going to have bad things. Um, I've talked to a lot of people on the show who say that, who is like, it's not that I necessarily know life is going to be better, but what's the alternative way to think, to think like, I, I have to believe it's going to be better because if it is great, if it isn't like, well, all right, then it's going to, I'm going to have to deal with that anyway. And that optimism, that's powerful. It's hard for people. I get it. For some people, given their circumstances, it's tough, but it does seem like not only um, the right way, but the logical way to, to keep that faith, to keep that optimism moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Eric, man, listen, I, um, I, I, I love hearing, because especially someone who's talked to so many people as you, um, who's coached people, seen the theme, seen the trends, but also it's real for you, which I think is what's cool. What I like about this show and hopefully you do about this conversation is even for those that are looking for a coach who are thinking about it, sometimes it can feel real theoretical. Like it's just concepts, it's frameworks to hear the real story behind it, to hear what you've been through, how you've worked through it, the struggles you have. I think that's super powerful and interesting for me, at least it, it gives me a lot of good insights and, and things to think about. So I appreciate you a ton for being on, for sharing some of the personal stuff, the stories, the journey you've been on. I think it's super interesting. Oh, thank you. Now I, I love the questions you ask because I do. You, I think you do need to know the the behind the scenes, the real mm -hmm. story. Because I, I don't want anybody to think I just you know it's all sunshine and rainbows. <laughs> you know, it's yep. a struggle. It's a challenge. It's a struggle. It's work. Keep, keep working to get, to get to the other side. That's it. That's it. Well, Eric, thanks a ton, man. I really appreciate it. I hope you yeah, have an awesome you. rest of your day. Have a great one.